Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryear's news today. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryear's news today. Hello and welcome to yesteryear's news today, 23rd of August, 1920. 17-year-old youth to be hanged by his neck until dead. Tragedy strikes in baseball after a Cleveland Indian is injured. And finally, more bodies have been discovered at Execution Rocks in New York. That was the news as it was this week in 1920, August the 23rd. Which can mean only one thing. You're listening to Yesterday's News Today. I'm Shane. I'm Johnny. We're back after another long absence. I know, yeah. It's awful. I think it's a month <laughs> again. Is it a month? Is it yeah, I think so. I think just gone. I think this will be a month. Uh, it's just been summer, you know? We've just been it. enjoying our summer. Around. We took the summer off twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, one was for my wedding. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> and a short film. So. Yeah. But I don't think people listen care about why. I don't think people like it's. It's a. Is obs- anybody listening? <laughs> it's an obscure podcast that nobody's oh, yeah, yeah, listening yeah. to. <laughs> no, no, we we six downloads last night. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, For those two guys who downloaded it three times, thank you well, very much. <laughs> Shane and Johnny, yeah, <laughs> or Sean and Jerry. Oh, yeah. But I think, but that I think that's the problem. We we keep going like, oh, people used to, loads of people used to listen to it, and now it's not doing so good. Well, I have noticed it stops doing well when we go on without doing yeah, an we episode. Stop putting up new episodes. <laughs> yeah, when we, I think you need to like constantly be reminding people that you exist. Like. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Because then you stay in new noteworthy and things yeah, like that. you're easier to find if you're new. That's it. Yeah, you're putting up stuff all the time. I think we just need to, like, whatever few are listening to us, I think we just need to start asking you all to, like, share the podcast and... Yeah, definitely. A, a call to action. Or my idea of, like, picking a fight, doing the classic radio tactic and picking a fight with a bigger podcast. Don't give that away. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we would benefit from doing that. I think we definitely would. We should pick a fight with the conspiracy guys, because we know them. But they haven't yeah. put up anything in a while, have they? Is I think, it? well, they do it in seasons. So they, oh, okay, yeah. they've they kind of just finished their second season. Oh, right. I think they do, like, goes at 12s. Like, they'll do 12 episodes and then take a few months off and oh, record yeah. the rest and then do them. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm right. not sure if that's exactly how, but they, they definitely break it up into seasons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, speak, speaking of radio. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good podcast, thing. Um On the 20th of August... 1920, the first U.S. commercial radio station launched, called 8MK, or WWJ, uh, in Detroit, and they began daily broadcasts on the 20th uh, 20th of August. Now, I find really confusing uh, reports about this, because loads of reports were saying it was the 31st, and I was like, oh, then it won't hit our week, and all this kind of stuff, but what it turns out is, on the 31st, they did the first ever news program. Oh, yeah. So that was considered more famous than them existing in the first place, apparently. Because <laughs> they were just doing regular well, programming. Kinda, yeah, yeah. And uh, so this was the first. So they, um, Sorry, I, I might be jumping ahead, but do you know what the re- what was the regular program before doing the news? Couldn't find anything. I imagine it was just 
what would change the music that's because a... you've just this is the first broadcast the first first week. ever um commercial broadcast yeah, yeah so like how is news not the first thing you think of to do like know, really it, it took them be... like it took them nearly two weeks to figure that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like so they had other like little documentary shows and radio yeah. dramas <laughs> and and like, it was only and then in was it i think october they had this show f- where two guys covered old news stories <laughs> But I, never thought to cover the the current news. I, I must have. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, then in October, I don't have the exact date. They had the first ever sports broadcast. Uh, oh. So yeah, but uh, by that was by August twenty first. Um, now they today they are still broadcasting this radio station, um, but they're now known as they're an all news format station now called WWJ and they're owned by CBS which I think is really funny because they were the first ever radio station but now somebody else owns them (laughs) yeah yeah. because obviously that's just how it went and then little snippet I was thinking of doing the history of radio broadcast and I read this whole article on it and it was really really boring (laughs) so I decided not to do it Um, it was so boring so I, I, thought yeah, it'd be a waste of, I thought it'd be a waste of time, unless you're really into like knowing about your radio frequencies and. Yeah, just... I mean, it'd be nice to touch on bits of it through a different prism, like. But yeah, yeah. If you're just talking about. I thought it was one of those things either you need to bring on somebody who's like an engineer and knows it, or you'd need to just touch on it a little bit. I was, yeah, like, I, was gonna, I thought it, it was going to be really boring. Yeah, if you find it too boring to learn about it, it's going to yeah. be hard I figured it would be a boring teach. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But do you know when CBS bought them? No, I don't know. Because I'd say, like, they probably came in and bought... I'm basing this only on the fact that, like, the Orson Welles radio broadcast, that was CBS radio. And by, yeah, yeah. like, so by the 30s and 40s, they seem to, like, be the... Yeah. The big daddy... Yeah, so they're probably bought on. Maybe yeah, like so they might very early. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, what I found was the first college radio station began on October fourteenth, nineteen twenty. Really? Yeah. So the first college station popped up like two months after the yeah. first commercial. Wow. And it was uh, from Union College, uh, Schnicktaddy. In New York, I've never seen that word before. Anyway, um, under the personal call letters of Wendell King, an African American student at the school, oh, started college radio. Cool. Radio. So I wonder, I wonder how the license. There probably wasn't much of a license back then. It's just if you yeah. could, because I know, I know, broadcasting of radio signals started around. I think it was the eighteen sixties, and then, but it was. They'd loads of different methods of doing it, and it's really boring, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get to it. Does CBS stand for Commercial Broadcast System or Syndicate? That's it's very possible. Are you going to look it up? Yeah. I need to find something to fill the dead air <laughs> while you're we should make a, We should make a, a rule that we're only allowed to Google one thing each. <laughs> podcast. Like, That's a good idea. Or one altogether, and we have to argue over which. No, one each. You're gonna you, one each because you like you don't want to waste like, a whole. What does this? But, but we that rule after this because this is. Oh okay yeah yeah because this isn't my story and I googled it. Well, it can be my one. But I didn't give because I should have looked that up. But I didn't think of that. Yeah, but I didn't give you a choice really. I know. Yeah. Um, 
It doesn't say. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Columbia Broadcasting System. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, because I decided not to go too far into it because it was really boring. That's I thought it was an interesting fact that it was the first commercial radio station was this week in the news. And yeah. we're doing basically like an old-timey radio station is our kind of... Our headlines and stuff. Uh, also, they didn't she, exist until this week, and this is our twentieth. Yeah, or sorry, it's our twentieth year, but not our twentieth episodes. So. But and that's what I, I was saying that on another episode that really Irish because I think we didn't touch on it in an episode because it was too boring. But I think it was like nineteen ten, maybe the first yeah. radio signal had been the first east to west coast radio transmission. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was just like a test. And there was not that long ago, there was the, the first transatlantic one as well. Yeah, yeah. So, like, in the early, like, our, our first sort of 10 episodes really should have been, like, somebody ringing a bell, saying oh, yeah. what the news was at the start, yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. doing our old... Oh, you were saying, like, a town hall kind of thing, nearly? Yeah, or, yeah, 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 exactly. We should have done it like that, nearly. <laughs> I'd but see, there was just telegrams and... Uh, it was just more telegrams and newspapers. And yeah, stuff. although the our entrance, actually, radio news was never broadcast like that at all. Because like, yeah, they just yeah. read the news. The one we were doing is like the movie phone news that would play in the cinemas. Yeah. It's funny. Which actually was around that, before this. Yeah. The radio. Yeah. So. Um... Anyway, yeah, so you have uh, you have a couple of stories there, yeah. nice and dark stories for us. I've got one here you like. This is, um, I guess it's, it's back back to something we know nothing about, uh, baseball, kind of. Well, no, it is about baseball. This is, now, because I, I was planning, this is the end. This is very early in this week or late last week, depending on what way you want to look at it. Yeah. Because we were meant to do an episode last week and I had this story and I just wanted to still do it. But I know, yeah, I, I I screwed you over on uh, not being able to meet up. <laughs> well, I think technically <laughs> it would have been, we would have done the episode on the 16th, and this actually comes, no, the 17th, no, this is this week, actually. Never yeah, mind, ignore yeah. all that. Yeah, this did happen to this yeah, week. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, so this uh, baseballer that made the news this week, Ray Chapman. Oh, I saw this story. Did, did you? But I didn't read into it because I then realized you said you had a story about oh, baseball. Sorry. Sorry, oh, so you know that, damn, because I, 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 I didn't want... Uh, I didn't want you to know where it was going. No, no, go on, go on. But, um, yeah, so this Ray Chapman, he played for uh, the Cleveland Indians as a shortstop. And that's, I only know what this is from looking it up. Uh, It's a fielding position between second and third base. You've seen the, yeah, 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 you can picture that. That is actually important. All all I know from baseball, I've learned from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Is there a lot of baseball? In Deep Space? There's like one episode where they play baseball in the holodeck. Okay. <laughs> um, and from like kids' movies, like Sandlot and stuff like that. Like yeah, that. yeah. Playing Rangers in school, I suppose. I read The Bad Guys 1, and that's kind of my only reference point a bit, and Moneyball. Oh, yeah. Which I think is like the third time we've mentioned Moneyball. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and probably Bad Guys 1 as well. Yeah. But, I think I was telling you, Bad Guys 1 should be, is a book about, actually, I can't even remember. My interest in baseball is so minimal that I can't actually remember the, which team it was. This is a cultural thing, like, which doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were a team of like just louts, like really violent and like a bunch of them were alcoholics. And they ended oh, yeah. up winning the World Series <laughs> and everybody hated them for it. That's really funny. I, I I've heard of that actually. I don't want to use my 
uh, I want to Google who it was, what team, but oh, I don't yeah. want to. You can't use your. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it'll just suddenly come to you later. I'm sure it's just the Yankees. Let's <laughs> just say it's the Yankees. <laughs> I thought I had it, but it, I thought I owned the book, and I was going to check, but I don't. I'm looking at your bookshelf to see if I can spot it. I think I gave it. I put it into a charity shop. Oh yeah. So where was it? Yeah, he's shortstop, and he spent his. <laughs> that was a long tangent for that. <laughs> he spent his entire career um, with Cleveland, and in that same position, he's got he you know has a place in history. Other than what happens later, as the he's number six in all time sacrifice hits. Oh, yeah. which I'm not. I looked this up. It's been a week since I done research on this, so I kind of half forget it, but. I think that's like deliberately dropping the ball so as a runner has to move like so as a runner has to move from one base to another oh okay yeah it's like yeah allowing the person you're against to get to another base because it's just it's like a chess game you just want to get them in a certain position oh okay yeah, and or something them there or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's it again we, we don't have baseball so I don't, <laughs> I'm sure that's way off yeah yeah, and he was nearing retirement, at least people thought, so they thought this was going to be his last year. Because he had just married the daughter of this wealthy businessman, and he was quoted in the press of for, for saying that he was thinking of just settling down and raising his family. And on August 16th, in a game against the Yankees... Yeah, those bad guys. <laughs> he was hit in the head by a pitch thrown by Carol Mays. Wow. So Chapman had just uh, done the the sacrifice hit in the first inning, and Mays or Mays was just angry by the way Chapman was playing, so he let loose a high ball or a spitball, whatever they call yeah. it, and it just clocked Chapman on the head. Wow! Chapman just never saw it, like so, he just never reacted. It was so fast, and it just hit him on the head, and apparently the impact of the ball stri- striking Chapman's head was so loud that Mays tall it actually hit Chapman's bat. <laughs> right. So he continued playing the game. So he yeah. thought Chapman actually got the hit. And Chapman fell on the ground twice, but he got he got up and tried to continue the game. I think he yeah. was moving, moving base, I guess. I don't know whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. is going on in the game. So he was still, like, didn't know where he was and still trying. And his teammates and the the Yankee team uh, realized something was wrong, so rushed to help him. But even after, like, it was clear this guy was injured and everybody's running to help him, this maze guy's never left his mound. He just... He was like, what's the big deal, guys? <laughs> yeah, well, I think he was still, like... He got what he was, like... Oh, okay, he didn't care. Like, yeah, I think he was still pissed. That, yeah, yeah. But, so Chapman was taken to hospital and surgeons operated on him and discovered a skull fracture. And he seemed to recover... Initially, but he died early the next morning. Wow. So, after he was brought into the hospital, Maze actually stayed in the game and continued to pitch until being replaced in the ninth inning. So he just continued the game while <laughs> this guy was dragged <laughs> off. And well, it would be normal. Like, if someone's injured, you wouldn't necessarily know how that you killed them. <laughs> yeah. I'd say retrospectively, though, you'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have stayed playing that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not even um, the man. Their manager probably should have taken him off just for yeah. 
But uh, the Cleveland Indians actually ended up winning the game anyway. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the district attorney determined that it was an accident, so no charges were filed. But wow. so that's uh, that's sad. Like that's sort of just freak accident. Yeah, yeah. So freak that it's actually the only debt in Major League Baseball. Wow. Yeah. Really. Now loads of people have died on the pitch, but they died but for like somebody just took a heart attack or I was gonna say a heart attack or something. But that's the only fatality through the actual game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if if you know like when you hear wrestlers dying in the ring, it's not they don't die when because they got injured, they die yeah, because yeah. they were pumping themselves full of steroids and took yeah, a heart attack. Blew their heart up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is I'm sure is having loads in baseball <laughs> as well. <laughs> that's actually yeah. Actually, why is that? Like, steroids is such a thing in baseball, it seems. I know there was loads of scandals a couple of years ago over it. I guess it's, like, it's more for injuries there for, like, because, like, they'd all have fecked up shoulders and stuff. Yeah. I like how I was able to say fecked up. Yeah. I was so conscious. (laughs) Well done. Um... Yeah, it's more for injuries, like, like anabolic steroids to heal. Well, that's it, steroids, like, mostly... With steroids, is you learn is what it does is, it just helps you recover faster. Stero- yeah, yeah. Ste- it's not steroids that make you big. Yeah, yeah. They make you able to go to they work make you out to, longer. Yeah, they make they push you longer, and then you recover faster. So you can go to the gym every day, if not twice a day. So yeah. you get bigger as a result because you're tearing more muscle fibers and repairing them quicker. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's why when like. Which is what a lot of people don't understand. If you comment about The Rock being big or anybody that's big, like, you always get somebody, oh, yeah, that's just because he does steroids. Like, yeah, no. It's not really. (laughs) I I used to work in a nutrition shop in a gym, and the amount of guys who come into me and they're like, oh, do you have any juice? And I'd be like, no, can't sell that here. And then I'd always explain that to them. I'd be like, you know, taking steroids isn't going to make, you can't just sit at home and eat burgers and yeah, yeah <laughs> and take yeah, yeah. steroids and you'll be big and muscly it doesn't work that way you always hear too it's like it's for we hear wrestlers talk about it anyway that it's to get that extra 10 percent it's like 10 yeah. percent isn't a huge amount it's not like it's a, no. you need to do the 90 percent as yeah, well yeah. like that's yeah exactly yeah. you like, have to do the other 90 like percent you, t- you have to be on a special diet you have to yeah, be yeah. working your ass off you have to go to the gym four or five hours a day every day you can't have a full-time yeah, job. Yeah. It has to be... That is your job. There's nothing else you... Like. You take 10% off the rock, he's still bigger than most people <laughs> like yeah. in the world. And as well, like he's so much bigger now since he stopped wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Because he actually has time to work out. Yeah, because he's less of an athlete. Yeah. He has... Yeah. He has was it like more... Sh- he's more of a show size than mm. he is of a practical, workable... Uh, agil- uh, like. I bet he has no agility compared to what Although, he used to have. Though he's also I saw him when he, 15 years old. Because he comes back every now and again now. Is he? And also I'll watch WrestleMania and that's it. And he's pretty, like for a guy who has who's only there once a year as well, he's pretty oh, yeah. good, like no ring rust. I think it's more like he he's not wrestling five nights a week for or so 52 weeks. Yeah, he's less tired. Yeah, he can yeah. spend more time in the gym. So. We hear about like when wrestlers in WWE, when a wrestler gets really big, like they get the title. Yeah. All of a sudden they... They don't look as good anymore because now they're headlining every show and they're yeah, spending yeah. most of their time on a plane, so it's not working out. No, <laughs> but they're big enough that they got to a point they don't need to look yeah. big anymore. And then uh, Stephen Amell comes along and beats them up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I actually watched that after you were telling me. That's... Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> he looks like he's 
properly he's trained as well like like the funny thing is right you, oh, it's such a tangent but i i was looking at it and it's kind of other things i've seen so many pictures of him and stuff like in ads and comic books and everything like mm. and, and i've watched the show and stuff and you don't think he's that big but then when he got into a ring with a wrestler i was like yeah, he's really yeah, big yeah. <laughs> so anyway there's punches as well like he's doing like the stone cold steve yeah, austin yeah. thing he's, be, he's been live he's been putting on facebook a lot of like that he's always going and training for it and stuff he did a lot of training like he announced it back at san diego comic-con that he was going to be doing it okay and then he only did it what like two weeks ago so that whole time he was training like <laughs> yeah and apparently he's going to come back that's the thing he's it's going to be a bit of a thing he's going to do loads of guest spots how weird stuff. would it be if he just got like obsessed with it and decided to like drop out of arrow because <laughs> it's it's never been done it's always like a wrestler goes to tv yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh that's modern wrestling <laughs> <laughs> actually this has is, nothing to do with this can, this is so such a tangent i'll cut this one out but that movie you're at the premiere of Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Is John Cena in that? Yes. Is he? He gets a uh, lad out apparently as well. Oh. You see him fully naked. Oh, he, so you didn't I, actually I was see told it. you see more of John Cena than you've ever wanted to see. Okay. Oh, so you, got, you actually didn't see You were just I haven't the, seen it. No, oh, no. okay. The journalist I was cameraman for, he saw it. Oh, okay. Because um, he wrote reviews of it and stuff. And then he interviewed the cast and I was just doing camera. So. To wrap up with... Um, deaths in baseball because yeah he, he was the he's the first and only major league fatality through the game but over 30 players and 20 spectators have actually been killed by like the the the, the far bigger risk in a baseball game bigger than like getting hit with the ball bigger than a heart attack as a steroids they got killed by lightning oh really That's the most common killer in baseball no way <laughs> yeah Apparently, that was amazing because games are so long the oh, field yeah. is so big. It's so open. Like, you see a baseball stadium, like, they're all open. You don't see clothes. Yeah, of course, yeah. They're only... Because the seating's only really on one side in a normal stadium. Yeah, it? yeah. And... Well, on the classic ones, not necessarily the more modern big stadiums, but yeah. I read up, like, apparently, like, there's actually, like, a lot with soccer as well. Football, soccer yeah. for Americans. Um, should be soccer for Irish people, too. Yeah, I call it that. <laughs> um, yeah like there's it, it's well I wouldn't say it's common you don't have to worry about being hit by lightning just by going yeah. to a football game but a lot more than you'd imagine but in baseball <laughs> in baseball you're standing there holding a chunk of tree in your hand <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a game in Florida in 1949 and the bolt killed the shortstop the second baseman and the third baseman all in one game three wow three guys from one team and actually, yeah, the death of Chapman, he's uh, he, he's the reason that uh, Major League Baseball established all these new rules, like in the required uh, helmets and stuff. Isn't it? I think helmets were already there, but his umpires had to like clean the ball whenever it was dirty oh, yeah. and replace the ball every so often. But you, I'm sure just this is, again, we know nothing about baseball, but it's such a famous sport in like tv yeah, and stuff. yeah i think everybody knows that the spitball is banned okay yeah like have you i'm sure you heard that in the simpsons or something like somebody throwing a spitball or yeah yeah like i've just grew up knowing that the spitball is something you don't do in baseball you're not allowed to do it yeah and i never really knew why but it's, it's literally because of this. yeah and it's spitting on the ball to sort of to get more a curve in the air 
So <laughs> right. just aim at, or so I don't. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but yeah. that's what he threw to hit Chapman in the head, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why the spitball is banned. So, that's really funny. I just saw something here. This is a really quick one, but it was notes for last week. But just so as I mention it, in a fifteenth of August this week, there was also a UFO sighting in. Mm-hmm. They don't have much report about it in Dawlish, England. It's in like a the Devon coast. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason I found that interesting. I was just saying, it was thought during the day, it's like a daytime disc, that sort of sighting. You see photos oh, yeah, of them. Yeah. There was also one in the same area in 1704. But can you remember there a few months ago, the meteor that crashed into the English Channel? Yeah. It was, and like, there was all, loads of people like, oh, it was an alien, it was a UFO going down. That was in, on the Devon coast. It was actually, oh, okay, yeah, it was, yeah, the yeah. Same, it was the same region. Wow. So obviously that was just a little meteorite that crashed into the sea, yeah, and yeah. anybody but thinks it's the same thing, maybe. Yeah. Probably. Weird. Or probably just something made up. It's either yeah. made up or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it was made up, but I just thought it was interesting that it actually yeah. kind of came into the news recently. That's cool. Balls in your court. Oh, balls in my court. Oh, or against your isn't head. That, isn't that tennis? No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we don't so, do uh, sport. Okay, yeah. Uh, I found this story in the good old Sausalito News on the 21st of August, 1920. And 17-year-old youth to be hanged by his neck until dead. Right, and this is the story of... Roy Wolf, aged only 17, as, a, as he waited to be hanged in San Francisco. Uh, he was serving in San Quinto, or Quinton, oh. um, and he was due to be hung on se- uh, September 17th. And the article I found is, a journalist from San Francisco, Cole, went in, sat down with him, and got his whole story. And then it was republished in the Sausalito News. Okay, cool. Um, and they did a little bit of edit, and then... Um, but anyway, uh, he was at the time he was the youngest person to pay the death penalty for crime in the history of the United States. Um, and I looked it up. There was a news story I saw there that there was a young black boy at f- the age of fourteen in the forties who was executed. Um, and then seventy years later, then it turned out he was innocent. Oh, of course. Just to kind of back that up. So um, so he was accused... Anyway, so Roy Wolf, age 17, in 1920, was the youngest person to be uh, given the death penalty. He was accused of killing Elmer Greer in the Kern County oil fields on May 15th, 1919. And uh, so he to- this is his statement that he told the reporter. And then I have a little bit of follow-up of what happened after and all that so the first thing he says is, I can't believe they're going to kill me so soon, he told the reporter. Because this was, he was only like convicted. He was only given the death penalty and they're going to hang him in September. Wow. Like really, really quick. Which you seem to have done back then. like Yeah, where nowadays like, I had a look and it was like all the youngest people to be given the death penalty and all of them were like 17. Yeah. Uh, from kind of like, I th- what I found was like from the 80s up to now. But none of them Actually, were killed like no, no, no. Oh no, they were like twenty eight, thirty, yeah, even. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, they were in prison like, for like ten, fifteen it's years. It's like a like, decade. Yeah, yeah, it's a long time. 
Um, or so I don't know. I think the idea is to make them have a horrible life for 10 years. I don't really understand the thing Well, I'd it. say a lot of it is here, like, because there's appeals, appeals and all yeah, sorts of yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that happened, but anyway. Um, I'll go on anyway. Uh, so this is all in Roy Wolf's words, and it's just him telling his story. So it's quite long. Um, I might cut out a few bits, but anyway. Yeah. Um, I already cut out loads, but I'll probably cut out more. Anyway, um, I guess I can't figure it out because I never had murder in my heart that I can remember. I don't know why I did it, but I know uh, what made me want to beat him up. You see, I never tried to harm anyone in my whole life, and down there in the oil fields, everybody was against me. Everyone suspected me and treated me like a thief. Um, I'll give you quickly thing. He, oh yeah, I'll skip this bit. He, um, he was up in North Yakima uh, or Yakima. Uh, and he was working in the woods he bought horses when he was 15 and all this kind of stuff and then he was working with all these woodsmen transporting their logs back down the yeah. valley and all that kind of stuff and working for himself and he loved it but his brother uh, li- uh, lived and worked down at the oil fields so he decided to go down move down with his brother because uh, he, need- he missed his family and this kind of stuff so he says there are 10 children in our family and we always kept track of one another so I went I went there um and I didn't know a soul outside my brother's family. I was all alone and I couldn't find anyone for a friend. I was homesick for the mountains. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is, it just gets better, right? <laughs> better or worse, depending yeah. on what way you look at it. I got work around the, the oil fields and I was trying to make the best of things. About this time, articles began to disappear from the place. I was suspected because I was a stranger, I guess, and had no friends. John Piles, a deputy for the oil companies, watched me closely. He was always on my trail, and his friend, Elmer Greer, the man I killed, watched me too. They got me fired from the job, although they had no proof against me. At last, I got another job, one that I liked, because I was in a garage. I love machine work, next to uh, to ranging, uh, which is what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was working hard by day and taking a correspondence course in gas engines at night. Uh, I think I would have been an expert machinist by now, the rate I was going. Then one day a machine was stolen from the garage. The deputy accused me and had me thrown in jail. When I was there about five days, they found the boy who stole the car down at the Mexican border. They let me go and I went back to my job. But the boss wouldn't take me back. He said he didn't want anyone who was suspected by the police. I can't tell you how I felt after this. All I knew was that I wanted to get even. I had heard Elmer Greer tell someone that he had been watching me. I determined to get him out in the country and beat him up. I went to my brother's house and cleaned up and put on the one good suit I had. I, I had never worn it down there before, by which he means the town because there was no place for me to go wearing it. Because he had no friends. Yeah. <laughs> I looked different, and Greer didn't recognise me when I asked him to take me out to a certain ranch in his rent car. Uh, I rode in the back as I neared my destination. I wanted to give him a fair chance. I hated to beat him up without giving him any warning. <laughs> I dropped my cap out of the machine three times to attract his attention. I think he means, like, wave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he didn't recognise me, nor pay any attention to it. 
At last we were right there, the place where I began to get afraid. Uh, he was twice my size, and I began to think that he might kill me if he got the advantage of me. I couldn't wait any longer, so I struck him on the head with a small machinist hammer that I found in the back of the car. I hit him three times, and we struggled out of the car. I left him there, and before I took the machine, I saw him walking around. I rode to Livingston and took the train from there to my mother's home in North Yakima. Uh, Greer, Greer died that night, 11 hours afterward, under ether. He had walked four miles to the train. I didn't know he was dead until two weeks afterwards when the police notified my mother and I went with her and my sister and gave myself up. Wow. <laughs> That's rough. That is rough. It's a mad story. I just like um, I have some follow up and stuff on it, but I just want to discuss that first with you. And like from what I can figure out, this guy Greer just had this like decided he was it. But then the weird thing is they didn't he didn't recognize him. Yeah, I think that's just so bizarre. Everything about that's bizarre. Like wearing yeah. suits down. Like. <laughs> Like it was like he premeditated it, but then didn't either. And it's like it was described in the paper as like one of the most grotesque, uh, premeditated, planned murders of the time and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But that was his point of view of it, like that he he had plans to beat him up, but he didn't bring a weapon or anything. He found the hammer in the car. Yeah, and all, you know, it, it was, just escalated. Yeah, but he just like built himself up. But it seems like so much of it was just himself like he just decided that this is the guy to blame yeah oh yeah yeah you know for for kind of no reason bonkers like um well yeah it sounded like he was just angry at the world at himself at, like that kind of yeah felt the world was against him and just needed to put a face to to that yeah and like he was only 16 at the time wow so he's just a kid like you feel the, bad for him like but the way like he's a killer, but yeah. like he sounds extremely lonely. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Like the the journalist describes further on before that, like the journal, journalist goes into all these like really um, unnecessary descriptions of like going in, walking through the prison to go meet him, and all this kind of stuff. Mm. It was real like the journalistic thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I left all that out. But it, like they described him as being so small in his chains and his like prison issue shoes and all this kind of stuff that he just looks like a small child and all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So he, he he was a little he wasn't a big guy or anything like he was a small guy. Um so then I decided to look up follow up and see when was he executed because I figured like we were talking about he was he was due to be executed on the 17th of September and there always ends up being appeals and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I found on the 23rd of October, uh, 1921. My birthday? Or 1920, sorry. He, is that your birthday? 23rd of October, yeah. Uh, yeah. I always just assume, like your girlfriend did, that your birthday's Halloween. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you tell me that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed you remembered that story, but not like, because you've been with me on like at least four or five birthdays or, in, or the week of it, but you remember the story. I know. <laughs> I always know it was October. Like I can never yeah, remember yeah. when it was. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's really funny. Um, so on 23rd of October, obviously there'd been a lot of appeals. 
So he wasn't hung on the 7th I think, of sorry to. I think I've even heard, had a birthday in your house because you had a Halloween party. Yeah. The weekend before Halloween or the closest weekend. Yeah, but that's what probably makes that Actually, it. yeah, that, that makes more sense. And that's probably when I told you that and story. And you see, we probably had a birthday cake for you or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Roy Wolf, 17, was commuted October 16th by Governor W.D. Stevens to life imprisonment in uh, San Quentin Prison. A nationwide campaign had been conducted to save the boy from paying the death penalty for the com- a commission of a crime. Uh, the reasons listed by the governor in the paper were, one, the extreme youth of the prisoner, he being but 16 years of age at the time of the murder, two, his apparent inability to grasp the enormity of his crime, three, the testimony of eminent psychiatrists employed to examine the boy that he had the mental age of only 11 years. Oh, of course. And then four, the governor's own belief that the full spirit of the law will be observed by the imprisonment for life rather than the execution of the boy. So they, um, and then <laughs> this quote from the governor, uh, which was, uh, a delinquent of the moron type and cannot be held to strict accountability for a crime uh, the nature of which he could not comprehend. Which seems like that the Paradise Lost documentary about the West Memphis tree, oh, like yeah. that's the way they are in a where it just looks like and then and they well yeah, like they probably didn't do it, but in that like it just looks like they just don't really understand how serious this is. They have this attitude throughout it to look like this will all everything will work out. Yeah, because yeah, we didn't do it. It'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even when they get sentenced, there there's there's interviews with them and they're like, Oh like justice will prevail they just they don't understand how serious this is and that's what it sounds like he was like even though he done it clearly but he still yeah, just like, didn't like oh my, he, he was but like, he was really like oh i killed that man yeah. i better turn myself in yeah you yeah, know yeah. A big, i'll just admit to what i done and yeah yeah. yeah yeah that, that seems to be it like yeah yeah and uh there was a quote from actually i didn't put it in my notes there and it was him kind of saying how he feels really bad he can't imagine how bad the widow feels you know, that's kind of thing. Uh, He's like, I think about it every day. I imagine she must feel worse. You know, this that was his quote. Like, I was just like, wow, okay. Yeah. And, oh, well, and he yeah. got the death penalty. <laughs> but he got off. He just ended yeah. up with life imprisonment in the end. So that's, At least that's something. Do you know when he died? No, that was all I could find out about him. Yeah. I, like, I found a... 16 he probably didn't do he probably didn't live long in prison like no I wouldn't think so well he was by the time he was well yeah he was in San Quentin he was in prison from about 16 so yeah, yeah. like he'd done a year at this point really. but he could have like he also could have died like he could have been around because like I guess there's a thing like in that time period if you're in prison like once you stay out of trouble and you know you're in there long enough that you kind of become like a yeah, a general can. of the prison. Yeah. Once yeah. you hit 40s and like nobody, you know, you've been there long enough that, you know, you might not be ruling the prison. You're like the old man in the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, everyone leaves you alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah. could have died recently as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He could have died in like the 90s. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's mad. Well, do you want to move on to a, a similar story? Yeah, because I knew you had a murder story. A similar story, but 
and I've got quotes for this one too. I'll start with one just because you were doing some just to the polar opposite. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is actually calls back to something. And now you can stop me if this gets too dark. Because when we done the leaving, remember we done, I can't, can't even remember what year. It was probably around 09, 10, somewhere yeah, between yeah. 08 and 1914. We done the week the leaving prison was built. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at the end of that episode, I was just like telling you like different, you know, known convicts, like famous people that like yeah, gangsters yeah. and stuff. And, and one of them, you said it'll come back. Yeah. yeah. And one of them that I mentioned was Carol Panzeram. Yeah. And I said, I hope we don't land. I was like, I, yeah, I was saying like, we'll come back to some of these guys. And then I mentioned Carol Panzeram and I mentioned and I said, I hope we don't come back to him. Okay, yeah. Well, we did a special on the Donner Party. <laughs> And we did a special on um, what's his name again? I've got his name. Um, your man, the cannibal. Oh, um, Alfred cannibal. Packer. Yeah, Alfred he was in Packer, the first yeah. episode. That's what that was the yeah, first episode. Right? So, but he was very funny, and he probably was innocent, and we kind of liked him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, this guy is horrible. I'll start with a quote of his just to give you an idea of what he's like. This is what from writings he done far later in life in, while in prison. In my lifetime, I have broken every law that was ever made by both man and God. If either had made any more, I should very cheerfully have broken them too. You will find that I have constantly followed one idea through my entire life. I preyed upon the weak, the harmless, and the unsuspecting. <laughs> <laughs> he's nice. He's awful. Like <laughs> The worst kind of person. The worst person. Like This might be like one of the worst people that ever lived okay um so uh, what there's two reasons he came into the news not this week but this just well one this week which i'll get to later i don't want to give that away first yeah but this entire month he went on a killing spree now he killed before and he would kill again but this month he went on what a famous killing spree but to start out with him so carol panzerams what he's called he was at actually Charles Panzeram and he was born in Minnesota uh, yeah. but he had like loads of aliases Charles Panzeram was his actual name yeah I think one of the famous was names he went by was like John Riley or something like yeah, yeah. a real typical Irish one crappy life like by his teens he was an alcoholic wow and like a young teen as well and was always in in trouble with the authorities and usually just for burglary when he was Really young child, like he was raised on a farm, and at around eight he was <laughs> brought brought before, his first time before a judge was when he was eight, yeah, for being drunk and disorderly. <laughs> 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 and at age twelve he was in trouble again, and this was for breaking into a neighbor's home, and he stole some cake and apples, and a revolver. <laughs> is this the butcher boy? Is it? <laughs> kind of sounds like. Um, or it was the same as, remember the guy I did, who was the con artist from England and he moved over. Oh, yeah, 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 he, yeah. His, his story started like that when he was yeah. made eight as well, first appeared I think, in the court. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, so, yeah, and the, the when he burglared his neighbour's home, he ended up in uh, a juvenile centre, Minnesota State Training School. So at just age 12 in 1903, he ended up there. Yeah. His parents sent him, maybe, I don't know if that's a sentence or whatever. But while there, he was apparently, or not apparently, he just was repeatedly beaten and tortured by staff members. Because it's like Ugh. the movie Sleepers, only, 
you know 50 years prior to that again like or 60 70 years whatever like awful yeah, place yeah. and they could get away with murder literally yeah. like there would be kids killed and just buried out yeah, back yeah. and oh they ran away uh, yeah yeah so was it and there was a place called the painting house in the back of the school and that's or that was what was like called by kids there yeah i was given that name because you would enter a blank canvas and come out painted uh, yeah so <laughs> not quite <enough>. descriptive <laughs> yeah Panzeram hated this place so much that he uh, would burn it down oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he actually got away with it without being detected while he was there yeah yeah and yeah it was a Christian school of course and yeah. so they tried to turn kids into good Christians of course yeah. and he constantly went against that and attempted to run away and he was anti-religion like and that just made the beatings worse and worse but well, he wrote about it later that eventually he figured like the best way to get out of things like that was to lie so yeah. he just started to play good uh -huh, and okay. pretended to be reformed and another quote by him this i was reformed all right i'd been taught by christians how to be a hypocrite and i had learned more about stealing lying hating burning and killing i had learned that a boy's <coughs> this it already gets dark i learned that a boy's penis could be used for something besides to urinate with and that a rectum could be used for other purposes too <laughs> lovely yeah so i might cut this some stuff out if it gets too dark <laughs> yeah, but, no, no. so in 1905, he was released from the detention center then after pretty much pretending to be reformed. Yeah. Uh, but he was in trouble straight away after leaving. He went back to his hometown, went back to a normal school, but he was only there a few weeks and he brought a gun to school to, <laughs> to kill the teach his teacher headmaster. I'm not sure which, but... Yeah. And he ended up in a fight with the teacher and the gun dropped and he went like yeah he didn't even get to pull out the gun like he went with oh, the okay. intentions of killing him but and he did, he just ran away then because you know he got caught with a gun trying to yeah, kill the yeah, teacher fair enough. so he just ran away from home and, and now is he he's still only like 12 at the stage or he's 13 maybe but yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's only been away for a year or two anyway he's still young you know, like, yeah yeah very young teenager but so now he's riding the rails and being an alcoholic and oh, yeah. all this down in Minnesota. And at this point, he claimed he was raped by a group of hobos in a train cart. So that's not nice. Pretty dark. Pretty dark, pretty crap. He's also getting in trouble by like there's railroad guards. And apparently they, yeah. they were worse than the people in reform school. Like if they caught you on a cart, they would just beat the crap out of you like oh, leave yeah. you for dead yeah and he ended up back in like a reform school now but now he fought back and tried to kill a guard with a wooden plank <laughs> he ended up getting more trouble for that he escaped with another inmate yeah. and they went on a spree of robbing and burning churches wow they're about they're still like 13 14 maybe 15 now <laughs> yeah, yeah. um let's say he's 15 yeah and now he joins the army. He lies about his age because he's only 15. And yeah. on his first day, he shows up drunk. <laughs> A few days later, he's caught stealing and he's sentenced to do time in Fort Leavenworth. Now, this yeah. is around 1907. This is before we would have covered it because it's still yeah, yeah. a military. Remember, it was a military prison and they built. Oh, it's still, yeah. it's, it's a military prison at this point. His, um, the person who approved his sentence 
was yeah. actually William Taft. Yeah. He was the Secretary of War at the point. He hadn't uh, been president okay, yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, right. And because it was a, he was in the military and it was a military prison, Taft actually, yeah. which that's interesting. That's another callback. Yeah. So Panzeram, he well, later he claimed that any goodness left in him, this is a quote, and that any goodness left in him had been smashed out by his Leavenworth time. Yeah. So that sounds like an awful place too. Like there's stuff there the prisoners weren't even allowed to talk. Like oh, if you okay, were caught yeah, talking, yeah. you got beaten. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> insane. And it was like they even had like different punishment. Like they had a list of crimes and different punishments for them. Like and it was a oh, set okay, list yeah. that just sounds like nightmarish. But he got out anyway. And he was in there like he was actually in there a long time. So he went in there like this small, skinny, sixteen-year-old kid. He came yeah. out like a six foot two, two hundred pound man. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, and like <laughs> two hundred pounds of pure evil. Yeah. <laughs> like he robbed a railroad cop at gunpoint. Yeah, this just after leaving, and then decided to rape him. Wow! But not just that. He then like found these hobos, held them hostage. Yeah, and forced them to rape the railroad guard. Wow. It's getting way too dark for this funny comedy <laughs> podcast we usually do. Um, so, and he would be arrested again and again under false names and just he escaped from loads of uh, any jail he was sent to. He was, because he, and he was moving around so much. So, and like nobody had any idea. No, the people he was targeting weren't going to be reporting these crimes either, especially yeah, if you yeah. had sexual assault into it. No, she backed no. in. It's just, they're not yeah, going to yeah. report it, sadly. But, a man's not going to tell someone he was yeah. rich. Like, Jesus. So, and then he ended up in this, um, I don't have the name of it, but this prison in Montana and had a really weird name. It was like Deer Lodge or something. Deer Lodge State Prison or something. Oh, okay. Um, in Montana. And he spent a few years there. And it, but now he went, now he like, just ruled prisons when he went to them. Yeah, yeah. And there's a quote, another quote of his from his later writings. What is just, I would start my mornings with sodomy. <laughs> bad, bad guy. <laughs> then he done time in Salem. And there was this, this is, this is very interesting. In 1915, he done some time in a prison in Salem. And the warden there was this guy, Harry Minto, who he hated. And, you know, wanted dead, but like he couldn't get to a warden. But yeah. then... One night he helped uh, another criminal who's also a famous criminal, Otto Hooker. Great name. He helped <laughs> this guy escape. Okay. And the guy did escape. It was successful. He didn't. Panzeram didn't. He just helped him. You get out. Yeah. But during the escape, Warden Minto was killed uh. by Otto Hooker. So that sounds like Panzeram had. That's why he was helping this guy escape. He had organized. He wanted to kill the. Yeah, like he knew the oh, warden would, would be on duty, and the would... maybe that was his. I'll help you escape, but you have to kill him for me. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. or yeah, even yeah. he engineered it that he knew the warden would be on duty at this particular point. Yeah, and, this is the... yeah. and he was like, if the guy doesn't escape, he'll die. I don't care. But there's a good chance he'll kill the warden in yeah, order to yeah. escape. Wow. And then weeks later, or well, months later, maybe Panzerham escaped himself. Yeah. I think he had a few attempts, but he was eventually able to cut open the bars. So this brings us up to this week. Oh, or, well, actually, last week first, and then this week, yeah, yeah. the entire month. But sometime last week, August 1920, 
he burglared burgled yeah, burglared. Um, bur- burglared he broke into taft's house oh no way yeah in connecticut taft, yeah. taft wasn't home he just broke into rob and he robbed a lot of like jewelry and cash and bonds and taft's cold handgun oh which he would then use on all his murders that's amazing <laughs> i never heard that before and yeah, and he also just funded his spree yeah. with the money he robbed from Taft. And yeah. he even talked about, like, it was deliberate. Like, he had these plans. Oh, yeah. And he, he thought, went to Taft. Yeah. Well, he knew what ta- how much Taft would had had there. Yeah, yeah. He used the money to buy a yacht. Yeah. He had this plan that he was going to um, hire a team of sailors <laughs> and kill them, essentially. So he bought this <laughs> yacht. Um, he called it the Akiska. A-K-I-S-K-A Akaska. It's a random word. Um, But yeah, like he lured sailors in in New York away from bars, got them drunk and then raped and shot them with the the gun, Taft's gun. And he dumped the bodies at this um, lighthouse near Long Island called Execution Rock Lighthouse. (laughs) And there's actually really Execution Rock. Like we, we, we had a good lighthouse story in our first episode but that's yeah, another, yeah. another haunted lighthouse and one of them is that was it called execution rock because he killed people there no or? that's what it apparently was called execution rock because that's actually where he used to execute prisoners in new york back in the day oh okay. because they wouldn't do it in public because the bodies yeah. would just build up so he used to bring them back yeah to the lighthouse and throw them off the rocks <laughs> right okay yeah and this would be back in the days of like you know gangs in new york period yeah 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 um, so yeah, he claimed to have killed 10 people doing this, like in, in this yeah. month, just bringing them out on his boat and killing them and dumping in rocks and robbing them. And he hired two more men to help him get the boat, the Kiska, um, to Alaska, I think he was going to. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't write that down, but yeah, I think he was going to Alaska and, and he hired just two crew members and of course with the plan of killing them and yeah, doing yeah. the same stuff, but there was a big storm, hit the ship and wrecked it. Oh, and right. apparently, like, now this is the way, I looked up different stories and the way this is written that like the two guys like found all the stolen property on the boat. Yeah. And, you know, I saw the gun and then they heard stories like rumors that there was this guy luring sailors there, out yeah, and yeah. raping them and stuff and all this so on the night they found out this and it was like a chase like a like a horror movie and then the storm hit like oh, during okay, it yeah, yeah. and it was a shipwreck and the two men escaped and were never heard from again yeah but i don't know how anybody knows any of that information well yeah, panzeram could, could i guess panzeram could have wrote about them finding out but yeah. I don't know how they know these two people survived the shipwreck because it says it, it, everything i read it says they escaped but just went into hiding and nobody yeah, ever yeah. and where would they know if if he if he killed and raped or whatever he killed and raped those men then there's no survivors to spread the rumors yeah so, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know how much it's not like he left every third one alive to tell the story well there's some reason. stuff reading about i think panzeram himself adds a lot to his own mythos oh, okay yeah yeah Sounds and like I, then I think the media of the time did while he was yeah. on trial because there's no way you can even know like these two sailors could have died <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess their bodies just weren't but he found. just goes oh they took my stolen stuff and ran away yeah 
Yeah, essentially, it's only his word you're going on, really. Yeah. But he does. He wouldn't even know if they ran away because it was a shipwreck. A storm blew it over. Like yeah, he, yeah. He wouldn't even know that. Um. But maybe it's just because, you know, if it was just leaving New York Harbor, maybe that's some, I don't know, maybe that's somewhere where you just would find bodies if they were. Yeah. But anyway, they apparently escaped anyway. But now that his ship was ruined and just, I guess, whatever happened, he at least thought two men had escaped. Yeah. And two men that could now verify his identity, knew the name of his ship, uh, everything. So he went on the run and he stowed away on another ship (laughs) going to Angola in Africa yeah. <laughs> and this is I don't want to go into this stuff because this is where like really like he gets an even worse habits here so, okay he claimed later that he like raped and killed two children an 11 no. and 12 year old boy here there was also stuff uh, it, it's depending on the articles I read some say he was buying slaves and we talked about yeah <laughs> Jesus who was it we talked about in one of the podcasts Oh, the Jameson guy who paid the this to buy a slave girl so as oh, to yeah. feed her to a cannibal tribe in yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. that was Africa, but that type yeah. that type of stuff was going on. But he also claimed that he uh, hired another boat here or bought a boat and hired like a bunch of rowers and then just killed them all and fed them to crocodiles and stuff. He just done <laughs> yeah, like he's just like killing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Apparently working for Sinclair Oil at this point in Africa too. If oh yeah, that's worth mentioning. But apparently, like that would have just been a horrible place to be. Yeah, it was probably his heaven. Like he could just yeah, get yeah. away with do uh, everyone. Yeah, but he came back to America anyway. Started robbing again, and he started robbing hospitals now, and he was stealing cocaine and selling it, and continued killing, of course. But like it's now he seemed to like be focusing on children a lot. Ah. He also had crazier plans. He um, had a plan of wiping out an entire city by poisoning its water supply. (laughs) He also had plans to sink a British warship that was docked at New York Harbour to try and provoke a war between (laughs) England England and America. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a Batman villain now. He sounds like the Joker, like what the Joker would actually be in real life. Yeah. He had less ambitious plans too. He was going to steal another boat and pass it off of his old one because he still had the documents for it and nobody oh, yeah. had come forward about that incident. So Yeah, yeah. So he did, and he did do that. He got a boat and repainted it and then essentially, and it's, I'm not, it, apparently he was essentially a pirate on the Hudson River now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And at one point he was going to sell the boat and the guy buying it yeah. was another killer. <laughs> no <way. laughs> yeah and he his name is dexter morgan <laughs> he he had planned it out he was going to kill panzeram but yeah. panzeram got to drop on him and killed him and dumped him in the ocean so two that's amazing yeah and this <laughs> other guy like he wasn't quite a serial killer but he was a known criminal and he'd killed like three he'd robbed and killed three other captains of boats as well oh, that was his thing yeah, yeah. and he just came <laughs> that's funny that that part is funny that's at least that is funny but he got called for that which is funny because this like, <laughs> this is actually self defense. This one, <laughs> sorry, that's hilarious. But he heard a shady lawyer and got off. Okay, well, apparently he heard a shady lawyer and like got left to the lawyer's custody or yeah, something. Yeah. But then you skipped town and left the lawyer okay, to take yeah. all the heat. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And like, okay, he basically he, skipped parole or whatever. Okay. Yeah, and he went on. He killed more. He attempted to rob a train, like a good old fashioned train robbery. Oh yeah. But with an axe, <laughs> and he ended up getting caught by the police. There was police on the train. Yeah. And in the station, he confessed to everything. Whoa. Just out of nowhere, he confessed everything. At this point, like, 12, 12 murders, I think, is, he says, a thousand rapes. Like, yeah, 12 yeah. murders in America, and then you have all the murders he'd done in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it was more than 12. I don't know why I didn't write the number down. But I think, yeah. like, there's so, it's kind of unknown. But he admitted to everything. In fact, so much that the police thought he was just a crackpot. And uh, him running into the train with the axe, they had no intentions of even robbing yeah, it. Yeah. That he was just a crazy man, so they just let him go. <gasps> no. <laughs> right after he leaves prison, I think he goes to Boston. I'm not sure where this is now, but or maybe it's in the same town. But anyway, after they let him go, he goes and kills another man. Yeah. Then goes back to the police and confesses to that. So he just wanted to go to jail at this point. This time they actually couldn't arrest because well that person did just die <laughs> like did he make me he obviously just reached a point where he's like actually you know what i liked it in prison mm. you know or he just i think he confessed just because he was like oh, i wonder what reaction i'll get like the joke oh yeah yeah and then when they didn't believe him he was just angry and then he just went and killed somebody come back it's like no just kill somebody <laughs> yeah yeah told you i was a killer but yeah he was still only sentenced for that murder yeah, not all the well, other like, Yeah, because the other one's like, I guess back then, like, if there's a year between somebody going missing and then somebody saying, yeah. oh, that killed this person, like, how are they even going to verify that person's dead? Uh, like, so, but he only, yeah, so he sentenced to 25 years for just that last murder in Leavenworth. Yeah. Apparently going in, he said, I'll kill the first man that bothers me. That's what he said to the warden the day he <laughs> entered. <laughs> He's dead true to that and he killed the first person that bothered him. Wow. In a laundry room. He was given a laundry job and there was a guy that bothered him so he killed him. Um, sentence was up to the death penalty. Great way to make sure everybody leaves you alone in prison though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I should go back. When he said that to the warden, he was given, like because he was seemed crazy, the warden's like, oh, we'll give him a solitary job in the laundry room. And then the yeah, one person yeah. he did end up with in the laundry room he killed. Yeah. In prison he also met, the, he met, I think he's on death row now and he meets Henry Lesser, who's a guard, who starts yeah. chatting him because he's just curious about him. And he's just a lot nicer than other guards. And Carl starts getting on well with him. Yeah. And this is where all this information we have about him comes from. Because oh, he okay. just told Henry Lesser everything. Yeah. And Lesser actually um, supplied him with paper and stuff to keep journals. Oh, okay. And just write about his life. And uh, this is funny too because it's kind of like what you it came up in your story that uh, there was actually a huge human rights campaign to get um, off that row. Really? Yeah, well, I guess at this point there's, there's like only two, so far they only, the public only know about two murders. Yeah, yeah. One was in self-defense. Yeah, like the public don't know about any of these grand claims. And he hasn't yeah. even wrote about, like all the stuff I'm talking about come from the stuff the prison guard gave him to write. Yeah. You yeah. only have that original first confession that when they thought he was a crackpot. That's the only yeah, sort of yeah. mention of all the other stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. And he did, his lawyers wanted him to appeal, but he, he refused to appeal the sentence. And he just responded to all the people trying to get him free with threats. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this is a quote from to them. Like, I look forward to a seat in the electric chair or dance at the end of a rope, just like some folks do for their wedding night. The only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck and that I had my hands on it. <laughs> I have no desire whatsoever to reform myself. My only desire is to reform people who try to reform me. And I believe that the only way to reform people is to kill them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dark. So I'll just wrap up with this now, but... Sorry. This is... Yeah, okay, I do actually have numbers, because this is another quote of his. In my lifetime, I have murdered 21 human beings. I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenaries, arsons, and last but not least, I have committed sodomy on more than 1,000 male human beings. For all these things, I am not in the least bit sorry. Wow. Yeah. So he's hanged on September 5th, 1930. Oh, good. Going happily to the gallows after staying up all night singing, apparently. <laughs> bonkers when he got to the gallows what do you think he done just guess what did he do he killed someone <laughs> no but that, he just spat in the executioner's face <laughs> and <laughs> when he was asked if he had any last words he said hurry up you hosier bastard I could kill ten men while you're fooling around <laughs> yeah. I, that I could but I'm not going to but I'm, I'm <laughs> making a point like hurry up <laughs> There's one quote I really liked that was in his book that just, it's funny because it's like he's parodying other criminals that find Jesus and write memoirs, but oh, before yeah. they ever did. Which is, naturally, I now love Jesus very much. Yes, I love him so damn much that I would like to crucify him all over again. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. That's such a good quote. <laughs> uh, and so the the. the Guard Lesser, he, he preserved the letters, of course, and yeah. he wrote, uh, Panzeram had a manuscript for a biography, yeah. an autobiography, and yeah, Lesser spent the next few decades trying to get publishers for it, and in 1970 it was. Uh, okay. So, it's called Killer, A Journal of Murder. It's is it on Audible? I don't know if it is on Audible, but I'm going to say it probably is. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I completely forgot about the ad. I, know, I just thought of it as you said it there. <laughs> I've got a Google left. <laughs> Check if it's There's on. also a, a movie, um, or the book was made into a movie in 1996 oh, right. with uh, James Woods wow, as Panzeram. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah, uh, everybody likes a bit of James Woods. Yeah. I, I have to say, though, hearing that whole story, he was very much... An awful victim of circumstance that just definitely seemed to like he was obviously already a troubled kid and then being beaten and raped by guards and stuff just it's the, sent exactly. him over the edge like and yeah it's, there was no comeback from him he's not actually unaudible from what I can see but it's, it's one of those things you always hear is that most criminals they're always they always say they learn they learned most of what they do in jail yeah, yeah. Like they go j- to jail for like robbery, and they come out like expert cat burglars. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. Like you go, you're caught with weed, and you come out like with contacts in the heroin business. Yeah, it's like it's just crazy. Like, it, yeah, and then like you look at serial killers. It's not all. It's maybe seventy percent come from backgrounds of like really, really bad child abuse. Yeah, there's always your exceptions of like a Ted Bundy and stuff, but more often than not, they come from a background yeah, yeah. like that. Well, it's like that statistically most sociopaths don't kill. Yeah. I, I was watching, um, I 
was watching something the other day and they were talking about how who's it like on the spectrum of sociopaths, like loads of famous people on it, like Bill Clinton, Steve Jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. loads of these like cl- uh, geniuses and stuff like that. Like they, they have little empathy and yeah, like yeah, they yeah. fall under the spectrum of being a sociopath. But well, most people like work with a sociopath. Like, yeah, like if you work in an office, you probably work with a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, that book, The Sociopath Next Door, kind of just dives into that. Anyway, <laughs> from what I can see, that book is not on Audible. You should still check out Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryear's news today. Or if you don't want to type that much, you can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash YNT. Oh, okay. We should probably stay with YNT. I just. Yeah, you could do both. Excellent. You can do both. It's news to me. We'll record a proper ad with the YNT one next week. Yeah. I just changed it because I figured that's a very long URL it to type is, in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're both activated but yeah and um you know there's 150,000 titles there to choose from so you'll find something you like loads of serial killer books i can't see that the one we wanted is there but there's others is that all you have for this year that's That's yeah i think that's that's all i got that's the news as it was this week in 1920 Oh, so. also, we're in the 20s. We should have talked about that. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, new, new decade. New I, decade. Meant, I totally meant to do that. That should have been like, the whole totally time. Was that was meant to be the opening. So, yeah, that's us. That's, that's the news. Say. See you in the future. Don't you mean the past? <laughs>